Hi, everybody, and welcome to That's Live. This mic is a little bit hot, folks. Welcome to That's Life. <laughs> you all right, everyone? <laughs> I don't know. It's a Thursday around here, folks. Uh, hi, everybody. Welcome to That's Life, where we are back from Houston. We're keeping an eye on Florida. We're sending our best to the security guards at the Bush Intercontinental Airport, who were nished happy to see us when we landed last Wednesday. That, folks, is an understatement. Good morning. Thanks for listening. I am Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison, right before Nahum's live lunch. There is something seriously wrong with this mic, so we're going to try this again. Yeah, there we go. That's a little bit better. Um, shout out again to the OU, the Orthodox Union, sponsored our programming from Houston. Our thanks again to my Spain and to Alan Fagan for making that an unbelievable success. We really appreciate their support. The OU, they get what we're doing here. I, I, I mean that wholeheartedly. They get what we're doing here. So um, my thanks as well to Mordechai Shapiro. Mordechai Shapiro and, um, and his team were an absolute pleasure to deal with. He is an, an incredibly humble human being. He fit in perfectly with the rest of our team. And um, he got the mission. And so did Mayor Kay. My thanks as well to Mayor Kay. He joined us for day one of the mission. Mordechai came down for day two of the mission. They really got it. When we said to them, this is not about us, they knew exactly what we meant. They fell in line. They were there to be supportive. They were there to lend a hand. I don't think, um, you know, it was more than we could have ever asked for. My thanks as always to Mark, to Yoni, of course, to Nahum, to Avrami, who did a yeoman's job here um, on the back end of things. That is for sure. And this was probably, I would say, um, on many levels, our smoothest trip from a programmatic point of view. Uh, with that, I wish Avrami a good morning. Good morning, Avram. Boker Tov. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. I discovered what the problem was just now for me. Oh, yeah? Is that, yes. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> is that I followed Nahum Siegel, the one and only Nahum Siegel, at the board and forgot to turn the volume down for regular people. Oh. It was that Nahum volume in the oh. can. <laughs> See, but I'll tell you what's funny about that. You're always following him at the board Thursday. I always look, and, but today I didn't. I, oh, I all it, right. So. We're slacking off. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, but I'm happy that that's fixed <laughs> because I, I like my hearing, frankly, and so do you, and I assume so So do our listeners, yeah. right? My ears are ringing, but everything else yeah, will be Yeah, otherwise fine. it's going to be fine. It's going to be a great show. It's going to be a great show, everybody. Um, shout out also to the, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but I, I mean this wholeheartedly, to the electrical repair crews that have been driving down um, all along the East Coast, going down to Florida and helping people restore power in Florida. There's a wonderful Facebook post that I reposted this morning that somebody who I'm friends with in Florida posted on her page. I saw it. And I reposted it. Um, it is a picture of a woman holding her literally newborn baby um, with her husband. And her husband left to go, you know, fix somebody's, um, fix the electrical situation. He's part of one of those crews. He's not coming home. He's not complaining. He doesn't get to be with his newborn. All those normal things that are happening, he's, they're not doing it for, he's not, it's not happening for him, I should say. And um, that is, that is one of the, the great stories that has come out of all of these storms, people giving of themselves, forgetting about their own needs, their own lives, and just pitching in in any way, shape, or form that they can. We all bring something to the table. We all have an expertise. We all have a strength. It's a question of using that strength to benefit other people when people are in need. And that's what happened here. That's what we did on our end, and that's what people are doing all across the United States. It is really a tremendous mobilization of 
of this country. And so shout out to everyone who is doing something. And everyone can do something. We continue to encourage people to go to OU.org and to the Federation page, Yoni, was... um, Houston Jewish. Thank you. HoustonJewish.org. Correct. HoustonJewish.org. Give. They they still need help. They're going to be rebuilding for a long time. Florida still doesn't have power. Um, but but again, the the testament of of the human spirit. Everybody's doing something. I also want to wish a Mazel Tov to Shani and Ellie Hagler. Ellie Hagler, you saw that Ellie Hag Ellie Hagler. Wow, tough day this morning. Ellie Hagler, who was um, a member of this network for an active member of this network for a good couple of years, um, moved to Florida. He and his wife moved to Florida and their family, and uh, they had to evacuate, and Shawnee was super-duper pregnant. She was actually due Shabbos of the storm. Yeah, well, there, there are a number, it seems there are a number of stories like that, but either way, they gave birth in Atlanta, and the Atlanta community was unbelievable last week, absorbing 1,500 people for Shabbos, making them feel like one of their own. Really, uh, the the stories coming out of Atlanta, I, I couldn't have more respect for that community if I tried. And they clearly, they're having babies. So it's it's all a wonderful thing. So we wish the Haglers a Mazel Tov and all the other stories that took place along the way, things like that. Mazel Tov to everyone. We should just continue to share smachot. Let's do the fortune cookie. Let's do it rather quickly because, um, Avrami, we have a gazillion national holidays. I'm not kidding, but they're all for tomorrow. I'll explain in a second. Yoni, since you won seven bucks in Powerball, these are your numbers. Today's fortune is our greatest glory is not in never falling, but in rising every time we fall. Wow, Charlie would like this one. I should send this to Charlie. Um, yeah, this is this is part of... This would be part two of Unlocking Greatness with Charlie Harari this morning. So, Yoni, your numbers are here when you're ready. Um, also, Yoni, you'll like this, and I'm sure if Nahum is listening, if he's not, we'll discuss it during the live lunch. Today is National Cream-Filled Donut Day. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I don't know where we get those, but I'm sure we'll find it. But let's talk about tomorrow. Tomorrow's National Gefilte Fish Day. I didn't know that it existed, but I saw the Manischewitz post, so shout out to our friends in Manischewitz. Um, it's also Google.com Day. I don't know. I celebrate that on a daily basis and so do my kids it's um <laughs> it is a crazy day tomorrow it's national cheese toast day which is like the european way of saying grilled cheese so it's national grilled cheese day tomorrow it is also felt hat day which I, i'm gonna have to ask my guest in a second whether or not it's too early for felt hats because she would know and i would just pretend to know and it's also constitution day slash pledge across america day most important day tomorrow of rummy it's hug your boss day now Luckily for Nahum, he doesn't see any of us on Friday, so that won't be a problem. But if you see your boss tomorrow and you, you feel comfortable hugging your boss today, tomorrow, I should say, is National Boss Day. All right, let's get to Fashion Week. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. It is Fashion Week here in New York City, and there's a crazy irony for anyone who has known me my entire life that I am discussing Fashion Week because uh, until about five, six years ago, my idea of high fashion was anything sold in The Gap and Old Navy. And I was completely fine with that until life changed and I had to break out of my long sleeve black t-shirt and jean skirt into something a little bit more appropriate for a formal workplace. Enter Tamar Daniel. Tamar Daniel joins us this morning. She was born in Jerusalem. 
She was raised in London, and then she moved to the U.S. 10 years ago. So if you thought that Dr. Gorka, Sebastian Gorka, who joined Nahum this morning on the air, had a great accent, wait till you hear Tamar. <laughs> <laughs> Upon graduating from Schenker College with a B.A. in fashion design, Tamar took home the WGSN prize for tailoring from the ITS contest in Italy. She began working for Topshop. Topshop, I'm sure many of you have heard of it. It Topshop in London. Then she took on a role as a designer for anthropology. She launched her own line, a specialty bodysuit line called Tux, in uh, this year in 2017. She is a mom. She is a wife. They live in Ballykinwood. But let me explain what Tux is and who likes Tux. It's spelled T-U-X-E. It's a specialty bodysuit line, and it was launched to address a gap in the market. Tux has garnered press coverage from InStyle Magazine, Oprah Magazine, Vogue.com, famous, famous people like Khloe Kardashian and Emma Watson, the great actress Emma Watson, are fans <laughs> of this product because Tux delivers a comfortably engineered bodysuit with an on-trend selection of different styles and silhouettes. It's available at Bloomingdale's. It's available at Nordstrom. And it's available at netaporter.com, which is a very high-end fashion website. And, of course, on their own website, tuxbodywear.com. I am pleased to welcome Tamar Daniel to the show. Good morning, Tamar. Woo-hoo. That was a morning. Good, good morning. <laughs> I need to do this every day. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm lucky to be able to do it once a week, and um, but I'm so excited to finally have you on. Tamar was actually supposed to be on last week at the kickoff of season six, but because we we headed to Houston, she was able to work us in for this week. So I really, truly appreciate it. Um, it's my pleasure. Yeah, but and you just keep talking as much as you want because your accent totally beats mine. Any. <laughs> Any day of the week. Um, let's talk for a second about how this all started. I mean, when you were a kid, I never played with Barbies, and no one should be shocked about that. But when you were a kid, what? I mean, where did your where did this all start? Um, yeah, I don't think I played with Barbies that much either. But I did. Um, my mother is very into museums, and she slept me on Sundays around the Victoria and Albert Museum in London, which has like the world's most extensive historical fashion collection, probably. And I used to sit there and sketch these really old dresses. That was my, like, nerdy Sunday activity. So I definitely have been fascinated for a long time. And then my grandmother, um, who was a corset maker in Vienna, um, you know, before the war, came uh, to London and she taught me... um, pattern cutting and handcraft and uh, I spent a lot of time with her as well. So I think those are two influences that definitely helped to um, hone that passion. That's incredible. What was the first thing you ever made? Oh, that's a good question. It's a hideous dress. <laughs> we, had a, we had a home economics uh, class and I had to make something and it was appalling. And at that point, my grandmother really told me that I should really give up and I'm embarrassing myself. But I didn't. No, <laughs> I you're amazing. In a way. Are you, make it sound bad. Are you kidding? <laughs> you're like, oh, no, you know, no. No, you're amazing. You've started this company. You have this vision. And what, of you know, while we are seeing so many, 
you know, I, I should say Orthodox women or women of different shapes and sizes who are wearing, um, let's say, a layer of clothing underneath, uh, you know, a particular shirt, a dress or something mm-hmm. in order to make it more comfortable for themselves, both from a modest point of view or just from a body conscious or body image point of view, mm-hmm. you en- enter enter Lux. Lux comes in, Tux comes in, and you have this luxurious and high-end answer to all of those problems. Yeah, well, and that's a fun thing about the bodysuit is that it's kind of an accessory. It's like a wardrobe enabler, right? It's not like your primary. It's not the star of the show, but it can help you to bring pieces out of your wardrobe that you had given up on wearing or were not sure how to wear, and it gives them a new lease of life. And And I really like that about this category because it it plays nicely with so many other things and it's a real it's a real um like supporting cast member but where did you where did you all of a sudden or how did you all of a sudden identify this gap in um in what was being offered to women in terms of fashion and saying hey you know if i just designed this so many other things would work better yeah. Well, so this was actually two years ago. There was a little mistake in my bio. It wasn't 2017, it was 2015. Oh, but, okay. um, th- yeah. But through my um, work at Anthropology, and uh, I, I think I, it wasn't a, a, something that just came to me in a, an aha moment. It was a strategic uh, assessment of the market. And I really realized that, you know, Wolford makes bodysuits that were very, very high priced. And then there was at that time, American Apparel doing um, bodysuits as a category and really no one else that you could go to to just find a bodysuit or a range of bodysuits. You know, if you were lucky, you'd see them once in a while somewhere. Now everyone's doing it. But at that time, it was like this almost a secret item. And in Europe, you, you find them a lot more um, frequently, but so I just I really saw that they weren't there wasn't an assortment there was no options in terms of fabrication or colors or textures or silhouettes or price point. Um, so it was like this nice inviting niche to to really fill and cater to. That was that was tempting to me. But why why the bodysuit? I mean, we see all of these very tight fitting shirts that we all affectionately refer to as Kiki Rikis, right? Yeah. Right. We see them all over the place and they come in a gazillion colors and I'm not knocking it at all. But they yeah. don't they don't come in bodysuits. They stop at the yeah. waist and they don't, you know, they they they're a shirt. They're all there. I mean, they're a shirt. They well, serve a purpose. Is, this is really something else. I mean, the, and I, I'm not knocking them either. They right. do a great business, and they are also really enabling people to wear more things. But right. I think uh, for, for me, the, the category of bodysuits answers a bigger need, which is the need to stay tucked in. And and that, the engineering piece of it, uh, you know, bodysuits were big in the 90s, but no one really got the engineering right at that time. And so when I dove into this, I did a, a, a lot of surveys and um, focus groups, and it, people were very vocal and very, felt very strongly about what was wrong with the bodysuit the first time around. And they had like a list of, you know, complaints about the way it was engineered. And, you know, luckily the timing now is, is good and the technology has improved greatly in those 20 years. And the, there are things that we can do to make this item a lot more comfortable and People can put it on and forget about it. They don't need to worry about it snapping open. They don't need to worry about using the bathroom. It's just um, a lot more cleverly designed this time around. And for that reason, I think it's here to stay. And it's it's 
growing as a category. No, and it certainly it certainly makes life very easy, as you said, when you need to just always look presentable and you know look professional and not like a schmata with everything you know with yeah. your shirt. Uh, trust me, um, I, that's it, so important. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, because you're only. You know, when you're when you're approaching a business meeting or you're approaching anything for that matter, and you feel good on the way you look externally, it gives you that build of confidence from the inside that allows you really to execute whatever you're going to attack at that moment, whatever you're facing at that moment. So, you yeah, know, while you exactly we- hit the nail on the head, and that's what I love about it too. Is that for me, it like marries my two great passions, which are helping women to feel confident in the workplace and and fashion and this as an item does both and it really does and I get emails from customers like oh I just nailed my first interview or I just asked for that promotion or I just stepped into the boardroom and was not worrying about looking you know having uh, lumps in my skirt or or a smooth line around my hips and I feel so good and that means the world to me that's so powerful you know it's a little thing but it really really can have that impact. And it also, I'm sure, the the religious angle for it as well, obviously, you know, adds, you know, another level of satisfaction in terms of the way you've designed your product. Because when you have an entire category of women who are now open to a line of fashion that they could not necessarily otherwise look at, even though, let's say, it would look better on them, etc., but it didn't fall in within their religious model or their feelings or their level of modesty, now they have something that they can wear comfortably and and expand their wardrobe expand how they're looking and they're dressing yeah absolutely and and also for me I really I really get sad when I see beautiful dresses they and you know you see this so frequently and I really understand where it comes from but many times people's solution is to find a beautiful dress it doesn't have sleeves it has a low neckline whatever and to stick like a sad top underneath and you can just feel like the dress is just crying you know, like it's so it's so sad from what just happened to it. And I feel like I feel like we can we can free the dresses from that situation, like have the layer underneath be something um, on the same level as the layer on top. So then right. it's not, you know, desecrating like beautiful fashion. It's actually elevating it and. And that makes me proud. No, I, I hear you completely. And I love the fact that you are spoken for the uns- you are speaking on behalf of the <laughs> unspoken population of dresses who cannot find their voice. And yet you <laughs> you have found their voice for them. No, I, I I'm I, I'm totally serious though. I completely get it. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Tamar Daniel joins us. She is the founder and designer for Tux. T-U-X-E. For those of you who are looking for it, it's Tux Bodywear T-U-X-E bodywear.com with a variety of, of different opportunities, certainly for women of different body sizes, body shapes, body images. How have you seen, as a, as, a, as a from woman, how have you seen fashion change for the Orthodox woman since you've started? Mm, I like that question. Um, so I've had the privilege to work a bunch with Adi Heyman, who's a a fashion blogger and an influencer and a, and and I think I really realized through her that um the uh, you know the um how how do I articulate this I think that there is a different kind of role model now for um modesty in general like and this is like in the world at large nothing to do with the Jewish world there's just um a more elevated way to dress modestly without compromising on the 
quality of what you're wearing or the options that you have available or the 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 chicness of the balance of your silhouette. So she's definitely a role model for that kind of thing. And um, I think what's great is that these days you can look to someone like her for ideas of how to put things together, but then you can find options for those looks at all different price points. So we really have I, so many different opportunities now, so so much um, choice and, and so much product. I mean, I I think there's too much product, but... In terms of being a religious woman, I think there's no reason and no excuse to compromise anymore. It's like you can be as as sharp-looking and chic-looking, and you can feel as great as you want and on any budget these days. And this, I really don't get it when people say to me, I can't find anything to wear, or I, like I just don't get it. I see so much plethora of product everywhere. With your background and your uh, your diverse background, I should say, between Israel and London, there there's so much talk about Kate Middleton and the way she presents herself and how she's always modest and she holds herself so regally. And of course, I use that term both literally and figuratively. Yeah. Do you think that, that she is an influencer as well? Yeah. And therefore, there has been this shift because people are looking to her and saying, wow, she is covered, she is lovely, and she is beautiful. And and that's not only is that acceptable, but that's attractive. Oh, 100%. She's so powerful in what she's brought to that conversation. You know, and she changed She changed the conversation, for sure. We didn't have, I mean, not since Princess Diana, I think, was there someone who people looked up to so much and followed. And she, she's, I'm, I'm like proud of her, <laughs> even though I have no right to be proud of her. But I feel like she, she definitely did that in the most elegant way, the most unapologetic way. And she came as like a young kid into this family and held her head high and was like, you know, this is how I'm going to dress and this is how I'm going to hold my body. And always looks so beautiful and polished, um, but like unapologetically understated or, or just, you know, put together and um, covered up a lot of the time by design. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. I think she does it very, very well. And we're lucky to have her in the conversation. No, I agree with you. And I think it's such a breath of fresh air when you're looking at different women um, and how they present themselves and the images that young girls, you know, orthodox, not orthodox, secular, it doesn't matter orth- that people are looking towards and saying, you know, I, I want to emulate this or I-, I-, I see this. This person is a role model. This person is a hero. You look at her and, you know, she's a proud mother. She holds herself well and she just comes off as with such an air of classiness by the way that she puts herself together and she doesn't compromise on that. To me, that's, you know, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a lucky uh it's a good time to live in for this kind of thing. No, several. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. People like that. It's a good way to put it. Um we have a few minutes left but there is a question that I need to ask you because there's that famous photograph of you with Tim Gunn who was yeah. who is so <laughs> popular and so well known from Project Runway which is of course was that show on Bravo and now it's on I don't even know what it's on now at this point but as a person I I, I will tell you because of course my having a conversation as I started this interview my having a conversation about fashion 
fashion is the most ironic part of my life. Um, most ironic part of my life. There's there's a movie that I love called Crazy Stupid Love in which Ryan Gosling looks at the other character and says, be better than the gap. And when uh-huh. uh, when I heard that line, I, I sort of felt like he was talking to me. But I, so, so I used to like, watch. What do you mean? What could be better than the gap? Right, I know. Saying? It's cotton. It's black. What could be bad? Um, but I used to watch Project Runway and be like, I have no idea why any of this makes sense. But he always looked so happy. He always <laughs> So tell me about your tell me about your interaction with Tim Gunn and, and tell me about his reaction to your work. Okay. He's lovely in real life. He's exactly like he is on Project Runway all the time. So it's real. And he looks happy like that all the time. That's amazing. <laughs> um, I think he's he's like he's just like this very grounding force in in the New York fashion scene in particular and like he He's like the grandfather of all these crazy people who are trying to find their way. And um, my own experience with him was nothing but lovely. And he's just honest and has this very, um, like, understated. He has a skill for giving a critique in a in a way that you don't feel that you are critiqued, you know, like in a very, very constructive, um, loving way. So I think um, I think that that's a, a underrated and hard to find. Um, skill and like having gone through fashion school (laughs) it's hard to find those teachers who know how to really build people up and give them uh, feedback that they can then build with and move forward with so that's his that's his like uh, special power I think and and why he's so magnetic to viewers for so many years already and his advice to you was sound advice um yeah, it was a while ago. I don't remember. Yes, definitely sound advice and very grounded. And it's really hard to find grounded people in that space. You know, he's just like got his feet on the ground. He's, he's, he doesn't get caught up in the fluff. Um, he's very, he's very down to earth. Well, well Tamar, so, so yeah. are you. That is for sure. And you should, <laughs> and you should continue to have great success with everything that you're doing. Thank you. Um, yeah, Amain is right. Tuxbodywear.com. If you have any further questions, you can certainly email me and I will send them on to Tamar. Tamar, Daniel, thank you so much for joining me. Thank and you, Marianne. It was so fun. This was great. And, um, you know, we, you should come back on before next year's Fashion Week because there might be something that you can teach me that would make me sound more intelligent about <laughs> fashion before we have another conversation. <laughs> you got it. It's a date. Thank you so much. Have a good Yontif. Shana Tova to you. Shana Tova. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you for joining me. I should say you've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. In just a few moments, we will begin the live lunch. Live lunch starts at 11 o'clock, hosted by Nachum Siegel. And as we've been announcing, Yonina, the husband-wife duo known as Yonina, who are here in the New York area, will join us in the 12 o'clock hour on That's Life. Don't miss it. A full afternoon of programming continues all afternoon. And the Arab Shabbos music show, the Arab Shabbos show, I should say. Wow, that's a mouthful. The Arab Shabbos show should. Um, begins at 7 p.m. Hosted by Mark Zomik tomorrow morning. Nahum hosts JM and the AM from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And the return of the uh, weekly update with Malcolm Honline will begin approximately at 7.40 in the morning at the conclusion of JM and AM. Naomi hosts a brand new table for two here at 9 a.m. And then Thursday night's Arab Shabbos show will air again at 10 a.m. So if you missed it Thursday night, you get it Friday morning. And then, of course, the Kedem Arab Shabbos music mix 
continues through candlelighting here in the New York area. Rami hosts Saturday Night Seagull this Monday Shabbat starting... Nine. Rami, it says nine. Miriam, nine. Matis hosts JM Sunday, as he has been seamlessly, starting at 7 a.m. Sunday morning. I'd like to wish everyone a Shana Tova Umituka. And for those of you who have noticed, fjbunity.org has numerous opportunities to sponsor different parts of our programming here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Please check out the page. You can sponsor Show for Blowing. You can sponsor part of JMNAM. You can sponsor all of JMNAM in memory of someone or in honor of someone. Go to fjbunity.org. I am going to close today with Chaval Al-Hazman by Yaakov Shweki because frankly, ain't that the truth? Chaval Al-Hazman. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys.